For the past four months, we at the Matt's Planners have been talking all about the spring election in Madison, the race for mayor, the race for school board, the race for city council. This past Tuesday, the race ended. We had our general election. We're going to do a quick and dirty episode today to give you a recap of what exactly happened. I'm Eric Lawrenson. I'm the tech and culture reporter for the Cap Times. I'm Lisa Speckard-Pask. I am the Metro reporter. I'm Nagasi Tesfamichael, and I'm the K-12 education reporter. And this is the Mad Splainers. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mad Splainers, a show that breaks down city government and public affairs in Madison, Wisconsin. Election edition. Election edition. Except for the election finally happened. It really did. Um, so on Tuesday night, I was staying up late to edit podcasts, but I was keeping a close eye on Twitter to see what was going on. You two were out in the field covering the dang thing. Oh, yeah, keeping our pulse on the city. I'm sure... You, dear listener, already know what happened if you're a moderately informed consumer of local news. In the mayoral race, Satya Rhodes-Conway defeated the incumbent and a longtime Madison mayor and personality, Paul Soglin, and she will be sworn in on April 16th. She is Madison's mayor-elect. Um, so let's start with that race. Lisa, you were covering... Paul Soglin's gathering on Tuesday night. Yes. Um, you know, last time we did this for the primary election recap, we talked a little bit about the vibe of each election party. What was it like over, over at the at, brink for this one? Yeah. yeah, at the brink. Um, so when the polls closed at eight, it was, it was very quiet. There weren't very many people there. But then, you know, as the results came in, so did more people. There's probably like 20, maybe 30 people there. Um, okay. So pretty like, you know, like. A chill crowd. It's um, not packed or anything. It wasn't like, based on what Abby had told us about um, Satya's party, it was much more sedate than that. Um, but it was interesting to talk to people who were there. There were a lot of, like, long-time, long-time Soglin supporters. Like, someone who told me that they supported Soglin since, like, 1975 or something. Yeah, um, he was first elected mayor in 73. So, yeah, yeah he goes so, back like, a long time. He had some, you know, staunch supporters there. Um, <laughs> I got a good quote from someone about how, you know, you bond with somebody when you sniff tear gas together, you know, so referencing Soglin's uh, protest days way back. What know. a wonderful quote. Yeah. So it was fun to talk to people like that. Um, and also, generally, you know, I was asking them as the night went on or even before any results came in, like, you know, how obviously it would not be your first choice, but how would you feel if Satya were twin? And they all kind of said the same version of like, you know, they respect her. They think she has really good ideas. They just really think that Soglin had more experience and the skills to get more things done. So another great quote that someone gave me is like, it's not like it's a Soglin versus a Scott Walker or something. So the they were generally, you know, obviously wanted Soglin to win, but weren't going to be horrified at the state of the city or anything if he did not. So numbers came in pretty fast. I think around about 840 or so, it was pretty clear that Satya was going to win. She ended up with 62% of the vote to Soglin's 38%. Um, yeah, so pretty wide margin. Which was a lot wider than I personally and I think a lot of other people were expecting too. She flipped, um, I think, 45 wards um, was what our editor Jason had written about yesterday. Um, and so around like 8.50, Soglin came out and said, hey, I just called Satya, congratulated her, and then spent some minutes um, talking about Actually, he talked about affordable housing for a little bit and about how he really wanted to make sure that the city works with developers and builders to keep that going. Um, 
said, and then he answered a few quick questions and said he would be looking for jobs. So doesn't oh, okay. know what he's gonna do, but he's not gonna retire. He said so. Putting himself out there on like Indeed.com yeah. and stuff. <laughs> sure, we'll see his, his resume, resume shortly. <laughs> mayor for one million years. And we should acknowledge Abby Becker, our dear fellow Matsplainer, is not here with us. She is mired in a cover story all about the election. She was at the election party of Sadia Rhodes Conway. Obviously, a very jubilant scene at Prism Nightclub, uh, the new spiritual successor to Plan B, which has been a popular queer club in Madison. And we should note she's the first openly queer yeah. mayor of yeah. Madison. Yeah. She is not the first woman to be elected mayor. That would be Sue Bauman, who got elected in 97. But yeah, the the second woman and the first uh, openly gay mayor that we've, we've had here in Madison. And yeah, she promised her constituents at the party that she was going to get straight to work and I mean, yeah, she had a meeting with Paul Soglin apparently yesterday to begin working on the transition. And chose the chief of staff. Yes, and, indeed. Yep, things are things are happening. <laughs> things are indeed happening. But you can read all about Abby's in-depth analysis of this race and what it means for Satya to be mayor next week. Yeah, look out, for, look out for the next cover. Um, well, Nagasi, let's talk about the school board a little bit. So obviously you were also busy on Tuesday night. There were three seats up for election. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what you were up to and uh, how things shook out? Yeah, so I started off the night at uh, Robina Courtyard up on East Washington Avenue at the election party for Ananda Marilli and Ali Muldrow, who ended up winning seats four and seats five, respectively. Um, The mood there was pretty jubilant even before the returns came in, um, especially, I think, uh, for Ali Muldrow, there was definitely a sunset. She was likely going to, going to be conservative David Blasta. It, it was an interesting culmination of their joint campaign, uh, which is yeah. something that uh, hadn't really been done before. Yeah, their faces and names appeared next to each other in a lot of their campaign materials. Yeah, they really were running a yeah, yeah. A, a fascinating joint effort. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it. I think they were able to avoid any sort of awkward potential if one of them won and yeah. one of them lost. That would have, <laughs> yeah. been, that have been an interesting, <laughs> yeah, an interesting dynamic at that, for sure. Yeah, um, but after that, I actually uh, went over to the Great Dane on the east side uh, for Chris Cruzy's ele- election watch party. Uh, Chris Cruzy uh, beat Kaleem Kerr by just about four points. It was the closest uh, school board race uh, for seat three, uh, and that was... Definitely, uh, probably going into it was probably like the biggest toss-up in terms of mm-hmm. people not really knowing what was going to happen, um, and it, especially given that their uh, primary matchup was also pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I I think that there were a lot of pretty prominent figures in the community running in this race. Certainly, David Blaska is well known as a conservative blogger who wrote uh, for the Isthmus for for quite some time, and definitely. also like Colleen Kerr, definitely a huge name and terms of his uh, leadership with a one city school, his um, charter, K-12 charter school. And it was just really interesting, the number of really prominent Madisonians who were who are in the mix in this year's school board election. Definitely among the winners and the losers. Definitely, yeah. This uh, this year's election was probably the biggest school board election in terms of all seats being contested. And like you said, having pretty prominent figures like Colleen Care or Holly Muldrow and uh being being willing to put their hat in the ring. Um, It it should be noted that all three of the candidates who won 
previously have run for school board. So this was sort of their second time around, and this time the results were a lot better than the first time around yeah. for them. And, yeah. and yes. now we yes. have an all-female school board for what we think is probably the first time ever, right? Yes. yes. It's yeah. been widely assumed that it's yeah. the, <laughs> the first time ever. Uh, there have been a few times where the school board has had five or six women uh, on the seven-person board, but this is the first uh, 100% We've taken female over. Board. Yeah. yeah. And Nagasi, in your coverage, you also mentioned that the proportion of people of color on the board, and there's been a slight uptick with the election of Marilli and Muldrow, um, which is certainly worth mentioning, given that, I mean, you pointed out that increasingly the student body in Madison is it's getting more diverse. Definitely. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they approach uh, issues such as the racial achievement gap, given that one of the common criticisms was that, you know, this district is being run by a lot of people who don't look like the students that it actually serves. All right. Well, lastly, we should talk about what happened with the city council. Lisa, it seems like the big takeaway is that, I mean, there was just a lot of turnover. There's a lot of turnover. Like, we're not even going to go through and list everything because there's nine newcomers on the 20-member body. So that's like half of the city council essentially is going to be new people, which is, I mean, exciting. Um, Like, I mean, just for some reference, in 2017, the council had just one new member. Um, Although in 2007, there were nine new members as well. So it's not like unprecedented. But um, Alder Mike Revere, who's one of the people who is not new and will be continue to be an Alder, said this is the first time in recent memory we'll have this much turnover in City Hall. So it's definitely like, yeah, exciting stuff. And with that, too, you know, there's also some challenges if you have to onboard a lot of people really quickly, like um, Lisa Valdron, who works for the City Council's office, said, you know, it's kind of hard to bring a group this large up to speed, but they're going to do their best and there'll be like a day-long orientation for Alders, helping get their um, their paperwork filed and their website set up and all that. So soon you'll, these will probably be familiar names you'll see in news stories about all sorts of city issues. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it really feels like a changing of the guard. New faces on city council. Sadia Rhodes Conway as the mayor elect, um, defeating a, a man who has been our mayor for 22 of the last 48 odd years. It certainly feels like a quite a momentous election in terms of new faces in City Hall. Okay, so we are not going to go terribly in depth here into what happened on Tuesday, in part because next Tuesday, April 9th, the Madsplainers is having its very first live show, and we're super excited about it. Woo-hoo. Woo! <laughs> we're going to talk about the election, of course. We're going to talk about the mayor-elect. And with the mayor-elect, yes. Satya, Satya Rhodes, herself yeah. will be there. Satya will be there indeed. We have some other cool guests, too. Um, Sabrina Madison of the Progress Center for Black Women will be there. Alder Sherry Carter, who I believe is the current vice president of the council, will be there. Um, yeah, so some cool perspectives. We'll have some more analysis and... I'll look forward. If you're interested in going, again, it's at the High Noon Saloon on Tuesday. It's sort of a door is open at 6 p.m. Show starts at 7, kind of a deal. And tickets are $10. Although, if you uh-huh. go to captimes.com, you can maybe uh, check out our membership packages. Because if you sign up to become a member, starting at 3 bucks a month, you can go to that show for free. and for then you, free! And then you get, like, no ads on our website. Well, not no ads. An ad-light experience <laughs> on our website. And uh, also more free stuff. So much free stuff. Come to the show. Come to the show. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you guys as always for joining me in the studio. Chatting. (laughs) What a great conclusion (laughs) to this. This is so polite.
Thanks once again for tuning in to the Mad Splainers. We really appreciate you listening. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play Music, uh, basically anywhere you can find podcasts. And we really appreciate it if you rate the podcast, give us a review. Also, the Cap Times has a bunch of other shows, Wedge Issues, featuring Jesse Apoyan, formerly state politics reporter, now opinion editor as of last week of the Capital Times. Also, Lindsay Christians does a show all about food and drink in Madison called The Corner Table. And starting next week, she also has something exciting going on. She is starting a new series called Making Our Restaurant, all about how restaurants come to be, from the menus to the logos to the architecture to the food itself. So it's a really cool project. I highly recommend checking it out. So thank you once again. Live show next week. Be there. But until then, see you around. Bye.